Hello, this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 254 of the Sophie Art Podcast, which is a little podcast to do about the art and things with me co-host Little Dennis. <laughs> and Little Dennis is, is here with us today. Now this one's going to be brilliant. Well, I don't know if it's going to be... This one's going to be very interesting because this one I'm going to talk about the mind. I'm going to talk about what I thought is I'm going to call it the mind during the slash my mind during human interactions and conversations. <laughs> so let's get into this one. Little Dennis, he's going to get us straight in. Woohoo! So Little Dennis and Kitty, there we are. We've had our kitty kisses. So Little Dennis and Kitty in their house. <laughs> so this one, I think this one could get a little bit I'm a little bit scared, I suppose, about doing this one. I'm scared, but also excited. I've got a feeling that this one, I might get like a revelation or something. That's what I'm hoping, because what I've noticed is, if you talk about things that you're struggling with, when you talk about it, it somehow, it sort of helps you. (laughs) Whereas if you sort of keep it inside, it doesn't, it sort of gets even stronger. But I've got loads of notes for this one. I was going to try and make this one have no notes. But I thought, well, I've got just so much to say. I'm going to talk about things like... Because when, when, when I'm in a conversation with somebody, I'm sort of... I feel like there's like these multiple awarenesses. I'm aware... I'm focusing on the conversation. But there's also like um, the thoughts. I'm trying to pull, pull away my my focus so it is quite distracting and i do see it as like some like forces and so i'm going to get into that it's like multiple awarenesses and then i'm also going to talk about some of the voices yeah see i don't know if it's voices or thoughts but what it is is there's these thoughts i get these thoughts whilst i'm in a conversation it's very much like an anxiety thing and it's to do with well, I've always thought it's to do with social anxiety. But I'm sort of... I'm, I'm wondering whether in actual fact what's happening is you're actually picking up other people's thoughts. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about... Huh, well, what it is, is it's like... It's almost like I'm going... There's a part of me that is trying, even right now as I'm doing this podcast, there's a part of me that is trying to distract me, take me off course. So what happens is I'm having a conversation or trying to do something and there's like something pulling me. The way I've always visualised it is it's like you're you're trying, to, you're on a tightrope, you're trying to get across this tightrope and somebody's like throwing... <laughs> tomatoes or something at you so like you're losing your balance but if you stay focused on the um the type rope you can get across but it's very easy to get distracted by these like tomatoes so these thoughts that are in my head i see them as like these tomatoes that's just how i've i've sort of felt thought about it <laughs> and then a good big question is why does it even matter if somebody doesn't like me and then I'm also going to go into like a base level anxiety and trying to work out where this 
where does this base level anxiety come from? Because I do, I do think a lot of people have got this. That's another thing. Like I think, is it society? Has society created like a base? Has society created like a base? Is society based on anxiety, basically? Something like that. And then I've got these various moments in my life where I'm trying to work out if that's where these anxi- this anxiety has come from. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. And I'm also going to talk about something, a, re- a big realisation. Well, I think it was yesterday, because I've been thinking about this podcast for a couple of days, and I've been trying to sort of be more aware at work whilst I'm doing things, so I can sort of try to work out why I'm doing certain things. <laughs> and one of them is, see, I'm a very hard worker, and like, I really focus, when I'm at work, I focus on my work, and I've, what I've noticed is, I think that's a form of avoiding anxiety. In other words, I'm so focused on my work, I don't have to think about, because if I, what happened yesterday, yeah, yesterday, what happened was, I found myself at work in a situation where I'd finished work, but I had to wait in order to like clock off on the machine. And for that 15 minutes, I was so anxious. And that's when I thought to myself, like basically, if I'd been working, I'd have been fine. Because I had no, because I had nothing to do, I was. What was happening was all these thoughts that was in my head. Instead of being focused on working. I, was, I started focusing on these thoughts and, and like sort of you can also see it as like a fishing hook or something if you like it's like the, the thoughts are like little um, baits on a fishing hook yeah so most of them you just you, if I'm focusing on working all these like baits are just going around and probably what happens is the fisherman like takes his thing out and throws it back in but if I'm not work if I'm not got if I've not got nothing to do what will happen is I'll, I'll like I'll like start paying attention to one of these thoughts, and that's when it like grabs me. So that's another thing. So, and I've also got this other thing where I was thinking I'd love to be able to go inside. Sometimes I think I'd love to be able to go inside other people's heads just to see what they were. In other words, I'd like to have a conversation with somebody, and somehow be able to go into the other person's head as I'm having a conversation, so I could actually see what they're thinking. Because I'd, I'd be interested if the thought that I've got in my head is the same as the thought that they're thinking. So in other words, I'd like to prove whether the thoughts that are in my head, which are negative, whether they're real or not. So if I go right back to the beginning, so what happens is when I'm in conversations with people, What'll happen is, I'll be having, I'll be having a, com- especially if there's loads of people. Yeah, if there, what happens is, if I'm having a conversation one to one with somebody, it's not that bad. If there's another person, what happens is, my my attention starts going on the other person, and I start thinking, well, like again, it's all thoughts. A thought will come in, like saying. That other person's thinking that you shouldn't be talking to that person. It's saying really... Some of the stuff it says is really horrible. It says stuff like... A thought, 
I'm having a conversation with somebody and there's these thoughts in my head saying that person doesn't like you or it says stuff like you're looking at them funny <laughs> in other words and then what happens so I know what happens the thought comes in and says I'm looking at them funny so then I start paying attention to that thought which means then I'm now going to start looking at them funny so in other words I can see what's happening the thought comes in and, it, and if if you pay attention to it you actually end up making that thought real because another thing I've said is I'm constantly looking for signs to prove that they don't like me. Yeah. In other words, if, if I'm talking to somebody and a thought comes in and it says that they don't like me, what happens is I'll start looking at that person trying to find like little cues in their facial f- expressions or something. Almost like to sort of trying to prove that the thought is real but the other thing is I've said this so many times like with art what it teaches you with art is it shows you you what you you when you learn about like negative shapes which is the space between objects and the best way to do it is with your fingers the space between your fingers these little triangles they are their own like shape so what happens is you can even like when you're drawing, you can either focus on the finger, try to draw the finger, but because you know, because you think you know what a finger looks like, if you're trying to draw a finger, you will end up not drawing what you're looking at, you'll end up drawing what you think a finger looks like. <laughs> Whereas if you draw the shapes next to it, you'll end up drawing the finger much more accurately, which is like a paradox, because you draw it more accurately by not looking at the thing you're trying to draw, which is weird. But the same thing's happening here with, in other words, it's, I think it's the same, but a bit, it might be, what happens is the thought comes in that they don't like you. So you start looking at them, looking for cues that they don't like you, so that you can sort of confirm that thought. Well, what I was thinking was, what if you, See, what you need to do is, it's easier said than done, but if, what you need to do is, when that thought comes in and says they, they don't like you, what you what you could do is create your own thought saying, they do like me. Or you could just say, it doesn't matter whether they like me or something. So in other words, like, what you, there's a, there's a, for me it feels like some sort of, it's a psychological, um, it feels like a, a battle a psychological thing here which is weird this is why I'd like to go into their thoughts if I could go into the other person's other person's thoughts if the thought that had come into my head saying something like that they don't like me if they were thinking that I'd be alright with that (laughs) because again it doesn't matter whether they like me or not but if they wasn't thinking that then I would know that the thought is a lie. But then the other thing is, does it really matter what, what is... That's it. You can't control... You can't control what the other person's thinking about you. And it does seem a little bit like you can't control what thoughts are coming in. The only thing you can control is the thought that you create in that moment. 
So, like, can you see how quite sort of confusing this is? Because you're you're trying to have a conversation with somebody, but you've got this this in a strange way. It's almost like you've got two parts of you. There's one part of you that's having a conversation, and then there's this other part that's trying to process all of these thoughts and everything. And I think to myself, <coughs> I was like thinking to myself, is the other person, when I'm having a conversation with somebody, is the other person thinking, like Sophie's looking at me funny, or, or, is, or is the other person thinking I'm looking at Sophie funny or something? So, so like, who knows whether actually everyone's doing the same thing? Yeah, but what I was thinking was, so, like, I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle, and there's a conversation, and then on the other side is the thoughts. So what happens is, I'm focusing on the conversation, which is like the finger. The thoughts are like the negative space. So what happens is, I'm trying to focus on the finger, the conversation, but all of these thoughts are coming in. So what happens is, my... My like um I see I see myself as like an awareness really and I control where I put my focus. So that's the thing, I am in control of it, but it sort of seems like you're not sometimes. So what happens is like I'm here in the middle and I'm focusing on the conversation, but when the thought comes in, my focus goes over there. So what happens is you can't fully focus on the conversation. So it is, a, it is a bit like a form of a meditation here. Yeah, but what I'm also thinking is, in the old days, like in the proper old days, what was happening was, I was in a conversation, these thoughts were coming in, I wasn't even aware of them. So what was happening was, the thought was coming in, and I was just becoming the thought. Yeah. So in other words, I would have then... So what happened in the old days was, I didn't even... I didn't even start conversations. I didn't even. I would. I didn't even have conversations with people, because I, I just believed the thought straight away. So I didn't even. Whereas what's happening now is I'm sort of, and it's been. I've been in a few for a few years. I've been trying to improve my. I suppose it's like social skills or something. Because I do wonder as well whether when I was a child, it feels a bit like I missed the class when they were talking about social skills <laughs> like conversations or something it's almost as if i missed the um the lecture on that one i don't know why that is but oh what was happening here oh, i lost me train of thought there but it was talking about i don't know but so the other thing here is i've put multiple awarenesses and I've, I've put, if you're aware, this is the thing, see, the thought, I'm, I'm now aware of the, these thoughts. So if this, if what I'm thinking to myself is, if, I'm, if I can be aware of this thought that says that they don't like you, if I can be aware of that thought, then it can't be my thought. Because how can you be aware of a thought... In other words, to be aware of a thought means it's not your thought. So that's that's another thing I've been thinking about. Because I was trying to, what I was doing was I was trying to think about something, and and if you if you try to think about something, you can't think about 
the thought as you're thinking it. In other words, if it's a thought that you're thinking, you're fully thinking. And if it's another thought, if it's someone else's thought, you've still got your sort of, I would call it like an awareness or something. In other words, you can still, you can be aware of of thoughts that aren't your own. So even that's quite an interesting sort of observation, I suppose. But the main thing here, and I've put a big red box around it on my notes. <laughs> so what, one of the things is, basically, when I've thought about it, every everything that is making me anxious is coming down to me wanting to be accepted, I suppose. And like caring what other people think about me. And I've put here, why does it matter if someone doesn't like you? And that's the main thing, really. Like... Because when you think about it, it doesn't matter. So if it doesn't matter, like I can see how this is all stupid, really. I can see how it's very... Um, in other words, th- these thoughts, which I try and... I feel like they're trying to sabotage my... Every time I'm having a conversation or something. These thoughts themselves are... It's just like a big illusion. They're making me... They're making me be afraid of people not liking me when it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> and I know what the funny thing is. The funny thing is, I'm probably, I, I'm aware of the fact that I am probably making people a bit anxious around me because I'm feeling anxious. But what I know is that once you sort of, in other words, it might be that these thoughts which are saying things to say that they don't like you because of the way I'm acting I might actually be creating the I might be creating the thing that the thought is saying whereas if I can sort of get to a point where I don't I don't believe the thought that's what it all comes down to I I'm believing these thoughts so if I can get to a point where the thought comes in and says they don't like you and if I just say I don't I don't care yeah I don't, in other words, the thought would go right through me sort of thing. I know what will happen then. I'll be so relaxed around conversations that people will like me. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? So it's almost like these thoughts are sort of self-fulfilling prophecies. And it's, it, it makes me think a little bit about like the chicken and the egg. What comes first? The thought... Or the the thing. This is why I try to look for signs, but maybe I should stop. Maybe I should stop doing that as well. So the other thing I've put is like I got a base level anxiety around people, and I've, I've been trying to work out why is that. And I suppose another question is why does it even matter? <laughs> but for me, the sort of person I am, I like to. I'm somebody who likes to, for me, the thing that works best for me is to get right to the source of something. In other words, you can you can have an anxiety about something. You can sort of think you've overcome that anxiety, which has happened to me before. But what, what happens is you haven't actually gone deep enough into that anxiety to sort of really understand what's creating that anxiety. So you, it's almost like you've got... Like the anxiety is like a little um, flower or something. 
And what happens is you cut the flower head off and you think you've got rid of it, but the flower, the, the anxiety just grows back again. What you need to do is actually pull the pull the whole root out. So this is why I like asking why. Like, why have I got a base level anxiety around people? So when I was 13, I got strangled. Did that create a fear of people? All through my life, as long as I can remember, I was transgender. I had a dad who was very much, like, very sort of aggressive towards gay people and people who are different. So did that create a fear of being different? I've also thought about, if you look into Divine Truth, which is this bloke on, he's called AJ on YouTube, on, well, yeah, YouTube. He talks about this thing where when you're born, you you come into, like, the physical body. What happens is your mum and dad, like, anxieties from your mum and dad are sort of passed down into you. So it's almost like, the way you can look at that is, it's almost as if when you're born, you're born with base level anxieties from your parents which I think the whole point of it is you've got these anxieties to try and help your mum and dad that's what I'm thinking because what happens is what happens is you're going to bring to the surface all of your mum and dad's anxieties which again like what I said at the start the best way to sort of sort these things out is to talk about it well if you've got your mums and dad's it's almost like you're custom built to create anxieties for your mum and dad. Which is brilliant, but it goes the other way as well. Your mum and dad are custom built to create anxieties for you as well. So I do believe that like your mum and dad are probably the best people f- for one working out where these anxieties are coming from and also maybe they're going to be the best way to sort of, um, I would say, I would say like heal them, but I don't think you need, I don't think you need anyone else to heal it, you can, you can heal heal it yourself, it reminds me of this other thing as well, I was listening to a podcast on the weekend, synchronicity, I can't remember what it's called, I can't remember what it's called now, but he was talking about, um, how what happened was he when he started sort of working on himself he he noticed that he was starting to try and he was trying to sort of change other people what happened was he started to notice like in his mum something that he knew wasn't good for her so he started trying to change his mum but what happened is the more he tried to change his mum the more she pushed back and said no because she didn't want to change so what happened was he stopped even trying. He continued healing himself. And then the funny thing was, a few years later, his mum had actually... His mum had done the thing that he was trying to do. Hmm. So he achieved... He achieved the goal, not by trying to help his mum, but by helping himself. And I can't help but feel this is the same thing here. It's almost like what's happening here is, yes, I've got all these thoughts coming in and I think I'm doing the right thing by being aware of them. But even just 
even just being aware of them is still enough it's hard to explain this one in other words the thoughts coming in and i think i'm doing the right thing by sort of letting the thought in but i think i'm doing i think i'm ignoring the thought basically well that's it how do i explain it in other words the thought comes in and says that person doesn't like you i can either i can latch onto it and say i can latch onto it and say and think that they don't like me which will create probably the situation where they don't like me even though it doesn't matter yeah there's another one which is where the thought comes in you sort of you're aware of it There's one where the thought comes in and you don't even notice it. It goes right through you. I think that's where you want to get to. So it's almost like you can still feel the thought there, but it's just going right through you. And I think I'm in this middle bit where the thought is coming in and I think I'm not latching onto it. But I'm also, it's not going right through me. It's almost like sticking to me. That's it. So instead of going right through me, it's just like sticking to me. So I'm having a conversation and the thought is still there. It hasn't gone right through me, basically. But I haven't catched on to it. So I think what I'm thinking is, if I can just focus on the conversation, then this is like that. This is the hardest bit. Because when these thoughts come in, they feel so real. That's the thing. And because I'm not sure if the thought is real or not, it doesn't matter whether the thought is real or not. Yeah. All I've got to do is focus on the conversation. And I think if I focus on the conversation, the thought won't even be able to stick to me. That's what I'm thinking. But so the, the thing I've got here is this base level anxiety around people. One of them is being strangled. See, the other thing is it might be a combination of all of this stuff. It might be that your mum and me mum and dad had these base level anxieties. I often wonder whether this is just a thought I've had. Did my dad have some sort of unresolved issue around his relationship with gay people? In other words, was he so sort of aggressive towards people that are different that it created a child, which was me, who was going to be different? <laughs> and I, I sort of laugh because it is quite funny. It's almost like the the universe is saying, "Look, you've got this issue. You're not you're not working on it. So I'm going to bring into your life a child, so you have to face it. So maybe I was transgendered to help my dad face like some issues or something. Me mum, me and me mum talk quite a lot about her childhood, and it does sound like there's a lot of anxiety, and there's definitely a lot of anxiety that hasn't been." processed so that must have gone into me as well when i got strangled that that's got to have created some sort of fear of around people because what happened was after that it, i changed schools and that's when i started getting these um panic attacks like my whole body would would oh it was horrible it was probably the worst probably the worst period of my life i think what would happen is I'd get the bus to school, a 30 minute ride, I'd get to school, 
I would be covered in sweat. It was horrible. So then I had to go the whole day at school. Like, um, basically, when I was a child, my whole life was spent sweating. <laughs> but only when I was around people. When I was at home, I was fine. This is why I loved being on my own, playing um, video games and that. Because there was no anxiety then. It's a shame, really. But, well, I do think as well, if I didn't have video games, video games and Formula One, I feel like they saved my life. Because, it's again, it allowed me to, to like focus on something else. If I didn't have that, I don't know what... What, what, because what probably would have happened is I would have had, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, really. Because the other thing is, you could say maybe that was a bad thing to actually go home and spend your time playing video games. Maybe I should have been processing. The thing was, I didn't have anyone to talk to about this. I did end up going, because what happened was I went to college and we asked, what happened was at college, there was this one, I think it was English. <laughs> I was retaking, like, my English. And one of the things you had to do was do these, like, um, you had to speak in front of people, speak in front of the group. I got so scared of it, I actually started skipping college. And what happened, this is quite funny. What happened was I got a piece of paper and I wrote on it, tell dad that I'm anxious and Ah, this is interesting. I got these internal burp things again. I've always said when you talk about something, for me, when you get these internal burps, you're releasing something. It's almost like the energy's flowing, and it's like the 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 burps are like a blockage. These internal burps or something. So what happened was, yeah, I wrote this note saying, "Tell Dad that I'm." I've been skipping college because of anxiety. like, And I put it on the floor in my bedroom. And it was there for ages and I never told my dad. But I think what was happening was I had wrote it and put it on the floor for my dad to see it. In other words, I think I couldn't tell my dad, but I knew that he would come into the room and see this. So it was actually my dad that helped me because he, he's helped me go to um, art therapy. Which is, that's what actually started me drawing Formula One cars when I was little. Well, I wasn't little. I was about 17, 18, something like that. And 1999, I feel like I was in balance for like the first time ever. And then I went to uni and somehow I just got back into like this social anxiety thing again. Because again, what's probably happened is I hadn't fully healed the wound. I had like cut the flower off. So when I went to uni, the flower grew again, the anxiety flower. And the thing is, I'm still, the, the thing is, this is quite annoying. I'm still dealing with the same issues that I had as a child. So that's like 30 years or something. Well, yeah. Actually, this year is going to be 30 years since I got strangled. It's my 30-year anniversary. Woohoo! <laughs> It'd be quite a nice year to sort of pull the roots out, I think. And then the other thing I've put is, is it possible that these thoughts that 
In other words, if you're having a conversation with somebody, because I'm sure, I want to know, does everybody get these thoughts? Like, it can't just be me that's experiencing this. So, like, if I'm having, if you're having a conversation with somebody, and a thought comes in, like, you might even have a thought come in that it's not even that. You might be walking down the street, and there's, like, a fat lady walking past you, and what happens is a thought, you think, a thought pops in your head, like, saying fat. Even though you, you don't think that that person is fat, what I'm thinking is, is it possible that the person thinks they're fat so the person is like projecting a fat thought into the environment so it's almost like maybe what's happening is it's like some sort of telepathic thing where you're when you're in this conversation what if you're actually picking up people's thoughts so if you if you do look at them a bit funny maybe they think Sophie looked at me a bit funny then, and that's what creates a thought in my head that comes into my head. That's just another thing I was thinking. I don't know. Yeah. So the other thing I've put, work hard to avoid feeling anxious. That's quite interesting, that is. Because what happened was yesterday, I have to use a phone to base it to like log off. Because I have to clock on and off. So somebody was on the phone. I couldn't get to the phone, so I was like sat in the warehouse for like 15 minutes. I didn't know what to do with myself. People kept coming in and out, and I thought, oh, they're looking at me thinking, like, in other words, in other words, it was a thought overload in that moment, and I got so, it was horrible, it was. I kept my composure though, <laughs> and I, I said bye to everybody. But and when I, as soon as I come out, I could feel, and I just started crying. And I was trying to work out why, why did I have such an extreme reaction to that moment? Because it doesn't even matter. Like if somebody's on the phone, it doesn't matter. I'll be, it doesn't. I'll be ten, fifteen minutes getting out, so it doesn't matter. And it wasn't about the phone, it was about me feeling anxious in that situation. So what I did was I actually got my phone and I was like messing around on my phone. Again, as a form of distraction, I was trying to not feel this anxiety feeling. So I started using my phone. But what happened was somehow it just got, I couldn't, I couldn't even distract myself with the phone. What I, I suppose what had happened was I'd sort of locked, locked onto the thoughts. So then I was trying to sort of, when I, when I was walking home, I was trying to work out what was happening. And one of the thoughts that popped into my head was, I was feeling ang- angry because the person was on the phone. <laughs> Which I know is a bit sort of silly. But also, I think I shouldn't, it is alright to feel angry, I think. But also, I think there was no need to feel angry. But what was happening was, I was cry. I was fe- I cried. I think I was crying because the situation was making me feel angry. And I, I think to myself, angry is is negative. So I didn't want to be feeling negative. I suppose. 
But really, why did it make me feel angry? It made me feel... Because my mind started going all over the place. I started thinking... Like the bloke on the phone, he knew that I needed to use the phone. So then the thought started saying... He obviously doesn't value you. Otherwise he would put the phone down to let you clock off. So what was happening was, all of a sudden, there was just this bombardment of thoughts trying to create this sort of um, negative experience, I suppose. So it was, it was, it was mad, it was. And that's basically what really brought this um, podcast together. Because I thought to myself, and I've had this before, that's another thing, see, I thought I'd got... Sometimes I think I'm better than I am in in like conversations or something. But what's actually happened is again it's that thing, I haven't really I haven't got to the root of it, so in other words, like cause what happens is Well the other thing, this this is so complicated because there is nothing wrong with being somebody who doesn't talk much. There's nothing wrong with that. In actual fact, I'm fine with that. But what happens is, my mind says, you should be talking more. So then I start thinking, well, I've got to start talking more, when I don't actually really want to talk. So what I should do is just, I should just be alright. In other words, if I want to talk, I would like to be able to talk. If I don't want to talk, I should be alright to not talk. And like, because like, I think to myself, does everyone at work think, oh, I wish Sophie talked more or something? Or does everyone think, it doesn't matter, does it? Like, it's very, um, it's very like, um, psychological. It is all very psychological. It's very interesting, though. Hmm. So I'm just going to keep trying to. Because what they say is, when you're meditating, you're, med- you, you're meditating. What happens is, you these thoughts come in, and very often you're meditating, and before you know it, you've gone off into like a story. The thought has grabbed hold of you, and instead of being like just meditating and and sort of silent, what's happened is, what's happened is you've 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 gone off into like a little story with the thoughts and you suddenly think oh wait a minute I was supposed to be centred myself so you put you sort of detach from the thought and then what happens is five minutes later (laughs) you're off again like that so what I'm noticing is the same thing's happening it's the same thing happening all the time this is why I think meditation is so brilliant because what happens is I'm wondering whether the whole of life is based around this sort of thing where You've got your awareness, like, um, what it is, is, what is, like, your, every belief and stuff is based around where you're putting your focus. This is also why I love lucid dreaming, because, like, you're lucid, but if you're not, if you don't stay focused on being lucid, you'll just get lost in another dream, and it's, it's the same thing. The dream realm, meditation and the waking state, 
they're all following this same, like, I would call it like a principle of like your awareness. Like, so the thing is, you, I know that I've got complete control about where my focus goes. But again, what it is is it, this: these thoughts are like they're like um, they're like a force. So, like, let's say you've got like a little river. If you've got a big, massive river, that little river is just going to get like thrown off the thing. So that's how I see it. Like, some of these thoughts are just so massive. You might you might be able to realise that it's not something you be, should be focusing on, but it just it gets a hold of you. So that's what happened yesterday when I was at work. What happened was these thoughts, the thought just got older me, really. Which is negative, but it's also positive. Yeah. Because it, it allowed me to see what was happening. So that's it. I think that's it for this one. I do hope you enjoyed this one. It went a lot longer than I thought it was going to go. And also... I want to say that it's a little bit, it's a little bit confusing. It might seem. I do wonder sometimes whether it seems like you're going mad. I don't think you are. You just what's happening is you're seeing through the illusion. You're seeing what's happening. So, so the other thing that happens is as you start seeing what's happening, the thoughts, even though the thoughts are even then coming in to try and make you think that you're going mad or something. You see what I mean? It gets mental, it does. So, like, it, what happens then is you can then start thinking, well, I better not start trying to work on this because I'm going to go nuts or something. <laughs> you see what I mean? But that's actually stopping you from focusing on the thing. It's very, it's, it's clever. It is clever. But I want to know what these thoughts are. For me, it's, it's either... It's either thoughts from your childhood, which you didn't realise, and they've like stuck around. It's thoughts from the environment, which are coming in from other people. It's thoughts from, I would say, like spirits. Because what it might be is, it might be that you've got like um, a spirit attached to you or something, and the spirit is like following you around. And the spirit wants you to feel anxious. So it throws these thoughts at you because it knows that that's what's going to create anxiety. So it's like these, the spirit is sort of, sort of, it's like feeding off of you feeling anxious. (laughs) Now what I love about that is, that is a brilliant visual representation of it. So what I'm saying is, if I can remember this, it'd be cool. Next time I'm in a conversation and I'm, and the thought comes in, so I start trying to distract me. If I can think to myself, if I can visualise that thought as like um, some sort of monster <laughs> that's trying to sort of eat my anxiety, it's trying to make me feel anxious. If I can do that, I can say, hey, I'm not having that. In other words, if I turn the thought into a monster, like a scary monster, which is trying to make me feel bad, I can just say no. I'm not having that. But, I don't know. Because <laughs> even that is doing what I said earlier. Even by doing that, you're still, 
you're still you're still creating I don't know how this is why it's so confusing and I've been like this for quite a while now I don't know what to do because I can sit here and say when I'm having a conversation I'm going to focus on a conversation but it's not that easy because the thought comes in saying horrible things like it's it's just saying stuff like they don't want to talk to you they don't think you're they think you're boring they think this and that so like you're trying to have a conversation and you've got this thing saying all this stuff So I don't know, it's weird. Little Dennis though, he's boing. It's definitely game over on this one. But I think the plot thickens. So I don't know really what the best... What what I'm going to do... Well, I do know. I'm going to keep writing about it. But I think for me, I want to go and... I want to try to remember what I was like before I got strangled. In other words, was there was I scared of people before that? And I can remember before I got strangled, I was like sort of off the rails. Yeah, I had a group of friends. I was shy, but I could have conversations. I wasn't aware of other people basically if i was ever, if i was having a conversation with people it's almost as if what happened is it felt like what happened was it, it was just me and the person and like it's almost like the spotlight went on me and the person and everybody else vanished whereas now if i'm having a conversation with somebody it's almost like the spotlights are going on other people to see so in other words i'm more i'm sort of thinking Yeah, so that's quite important to think about, I think. That's it, though. I hope you, I hope, I hope you got something out of this. I've got a beautiful little quote, and it comes from me. <laughs> so I made this quote at myself a few years ago, and I can't help but feel that everything comes back to this. Be nice and do your best. That's all you got to do, really. Be nice and do your best. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to other people. Do your best. If you have a conversation with somebody and these thoughts come in and they'll get distracted by it, well, that's my best at the minute. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? So, this week's inspirational quote Be nice and do your best. <laughs>